Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. And most Indian people today live in urban centers. That's where Native people live. But the image is that Native people live in reservations and they ride horses and live in teepees, but that's not true. It's no longer true that that's the majority of people. So we're here to help reshape that image. People that are in our dance company are they're business people, they are iron workers, they are filmmakers. Just think about that, even though we are dressed in our regalia, our dance regalia, that we also have other professions. The state of Illinois got its name from the Illini word for men or warriors. All around the U.S., states, rivers, and cities, names reflect the people who first called this land home. As of 2017, 72% of Native Americans live in urban areas. Chicago has the third largest urban Indian population in America, with people from over 150 different tribes. I'm your host, Ariel Ravenet, and today, we take a look at how the latest laws passed this year to expand the rights of our Native community shed light on the realities of urban Native people. Let's get looped in, Chicago. Hello, everyone. My name is Winfield Red Cloud Wounded Eye. I'm a member of the Northern Cheyenne Nation of Lame Deer, Montana, and I'm also part White Earth Ojibwe. On November 2nd, the Harold Washington Library hosted the Black Hawk Performance Company as a part of their One Book, One Chicago series. This is audio from dancer Winfield explaining the origins of the grass dance. The story that was taught to me was a long time ago before colonizers came to us. There was this boy that couldn't dance like the others, he couldn't play like the others, and he couldn't hunt like the others. And so he went to this medicine man and he asked this medicine man, what can I do to be like the others? And the medicine man said, let me pray on this. And so he came back to the medicine man the next day and asked, what can I do? And the medicine man said, a vision came to me. What you're going to do is you're going to go to these plains that have long grass, long sweet grass. And you're going to pray and you're going to fast there for, for three days and for three nights. And along these nights, he would face a bunch of hardships. And this was a time when we could communicate with animals freely. We had that interconnectedness with nature. And on one of the nights, the deer came to him, and the deer talked to him and said, I know that you want to be like the others, but what you have to do is you have to sit on this hill and watch this grass flow. 
And Nadir had gifted him songs, songs that talk about a buffalo roaming the plains. And no matter how hard it rains, that buffalo keeps going because the buffalo knows at the end of that storm, there'll be a rainbow. And a lot of my outfit is, is symbolic of that, that rainbow, the colors. You can see on my friend Dakota here, his outfit, these anklets that you see him wearing as well as me that have fur on it. That's resemblance of the buffalo. And the bells that we wear are resemblance of that thunder. And so that boy came back to the village and he showed the kids what he had learned in the, from copying that grass. He incorporated the moves of that grass. What happened on one side happened on the other. And those boys said that'll never catch on. And those elders seeing that that dance brought him happiness, you know, brought him to the side and said, what you're doing is good. It's good medicine for the heart. Don't listen to those boys. And so as he kept doing it and progressing and dancing, he, he was healed by that dance. So we often look at this dance as a way of healing. And I was always taught you dance for the people who can. And so that's why I, that's one of my reasons for dancing. Dancers of all ages wore handmade regalia in a variety of color, texture, and beading. Every dance was presented to the audience with a meaning or story that has been passed down through the generations. In the center of the stage, two men pounded on drums made from deerskin. You could feel the beats of the drum in your chest and through the floor as their harmonized voices filled the space. And so I'm going to let Little Priest take it over. Uh-huh. You might say uh, maybe Mother Nature gave us this drum. And uh, all the tribes kind of have similar stories about this drum bringing us, bringing all of us together. We used to be in battles and wars. Whatever upper person you believe in said, uh, I'm going to give you guys this drum and I want you to use it. It'll bring your uh, battling uh, tribes together. And it did. And it brought other tribes. Next, it was uh, non-natives brought them together. And again, here we all are. It brought us all together. Dr. Doreen Weesey, White Earth Ojibwe and Artistic Director of the American Indian Center of Chicago, hosted the event. Art is a big part of what we do. Everything the dancers have on, including everything I have on today, is handmade. They're made of applique and feather work and bead work and metal work. It's all art. And that's something that, um, that we want to really celebrate as well, the, the, the artists that, that are in Chicago that, do, that are those artists, because there are very few today. It's just as if you go to the Southwest, there are starting to be fewer and fewer rug makers, fewer and fewer potters, fewer and fewer people who do uh, different kinds of metalwork. We feel it's important to pass on our history and culture to our children and to the other people in our communities. The performance company, like Chicago, is a group with many tribal backgrounds, such as the Ojibwe, Miami, Dakota, and more. People go, well, why do you even do this? Well, we were the, we're the oldest dance company in Chicago. It was started by um, one of the, our members' father in the 1980s. His name was Carlos Panetza, and he was a Zuni native. And he was the only Zuni that ever lived here, or ever came to Chicago, and he came to, to, for training to be a heavy equipment uh, mechanic. And he stayed and he taught 
people music and dance, and he also learned powwow, which is not, their people did not have, did not have powwow, singing and dancing, so he learned that here. But he taught us many things about the music and dance from where, where he came from and his people. So that's part of why we, we still do this today, and to pass on our cultures in terms of the music and dance. Every tribe has different songs, different dances, different outfits, different art. A majority of Native Americans now live in urban cities. But how did this happen? Well, it's important to begin with the knowledge that the land which is now considered Southern Canada and the Midwest was once home to many Native people. The largest group being the Three Fires Council, a confederated nation between the Ojibwe, Potawatomi, and Odawa tribes. This area was not only sacred, but fruitful in its lakes, meadows, and vegetation. But by 1833, the last of the natives were expelled from this land after the Black Hawk War of 1832 and the Treaty of Chicago in 1833. They were moved from one reservation to the next throughout many years all over the country. In 1952, the U.S. government instituted the Urban Indian Relocation Act with the goal to move Native Americans from the reservations into designated cities, including Chicago. The government called it a way to help people who were living in impoverished reservations, while others said it was a way to assimilate the remaining Native population away from the ways of their ancestors into Western society. It's important to note that while the Indian Citizenship Act passed in 1924 granted citizenship to Native Americans, some states barred these individuals from voting until 1957. And the people who came here were much like the immigrants that we see now. They didn't speak our language, English language, but they didn't know how to live in apartments. They didn't know the jobs that they were about to start to take in the factories at that time. So that it was, a, but the difference was that they had, their ancestors had lived on this land before and had been t told to leave. And now they were being told they were to come back. Now, 71 years later, Illinois signed into law three bills that Governor Pritzker calls a step forward in rebuilding generations of harm. The first is the Human Remains Protection Act, which establishes a procedure for encountering Native remains and returns them to Native American nations. The second prohibits schools from banning students from wearing their traditional regalia as graduation attire. And the third mandates Native American history be taught in Illinois public schools. When we come back from the break, we take a look at why these bills are critical for the advancement of Native Americans and how some came to be. Stay tuned. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? 
Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Many of these women and many of the individuals you'll see today are elders in our tribes. Elders are a respected age group because as, as older people, we've lived a longer life. And also we may have knowledge that we're passed on to in our families. Much of my work has been about oral history because before books, that was the only history and the only way that we had to pass on knowledge. And so it still continues today. All the books in this library cannot contain all the knowledge that our, that our ancestors taught us, that our elders taught us. So we, we celebrate that and we celebrate the, the elders that are still with us. Regalia isn't just about tradition. I spoke with Marnie Smiley of the Autumn Missouri Tribe and facilitator for the Chicago American Indian Community Collaborative, or CAKE for short. Regalia to us is, is very important. Feathers to us is very important. Things that kind of bring together the history of your people and who you are are just essential. It's, it's a saying that it's the seventh generation because that's how far Native people really kind of try to consider their next steps. And so you're always honoring the past. And that's a lot of what regalia is. It's representation of who we are and where we come from. If you ever go to a reservation and you're meeting other Native people, it is not just, I'm Marnie, how are you? Bye, have a great day. It's, I'm Marnie, and this is where my mother is from, and this is where my father is from, and they came from this side of the river, and my father did this. And so it it's every time you introduce yourself, you're honoring your past in some way. That's why Nimki Curley adorned his grad cap with a feather and wore beaded regalia around his neck on top of his gown as a graduating senior from Evanston High School in 2022. Decorating your cap as a graduate may seem to some like a tradition in itself, but right when he was about to walk the stage for his diploma, the school stopped him. They said he could not walk unless he switched out his grad cap and removed the beads. He refused and decided he would rather not walk than give up his regalia. Evanston High School had rules against any additional apparel or adornment at graduation. After this incident, they released a statement that said they would review those rules when it came to acknowledging the history and stories of Indigenous students. So when we come back to how why this bill was so important to the community is because this young man up in Evanston tried to reflect some of his history and reflect some of his deep culture that his entire family is very committed to. And... Unfortunately, he was not able to walk in his graduation because he had on his regalia and he wasn't willing to remove it, which, you know, I don't I don't think he should have had to. And it was a long struggle. By the time he walked and by the time he was actually able to wear his special items, his grandfather had passed away. So his grandfather wasn't able to see this great accomplishment in his family. And it was just, yeah, it was it was really heartbreaking for the family. So it was a cause that I think the whole community understood, but it's unfortunate that our culture still is misunderstood and misrepresented in a lot of ways. And that we, you know, our existence is our resistance. When I look at the history of how even we got here, how even I am sitting in front of you, it's, it's a long history of 
people who had to really, really go through a lot of things, a lot of suffering, a lot of unfortunate events to get me to where I am. And then you have these young individuals, these young people of the community who are doing beautiful things and they still don't get the respect from the community that I'm sure the ancestors have just been aching for. Nimke's refusal to give up his regalia, along with organizations like CAKE, speaking with state representatives, helped make this bill possible. With Native people living in Chicago from over 150 different tribes, not everyone who lives here now has ancestors that came from this area. When you are purposely removed from your land, it's definitely hard to be like, yes, this is my land. These are my people. This actually isn't my land. This actually isn't my people. And you know, my tribe alone had multiple broken treaties of saying, yes, this is your land. Oh, just joking. No, this is your land. So it makes it very difficult to feel that strong connection to land that isn't necessarily yours. Now, with that being said, I can feel the spirit, feel the wind, feel other aspects of nature that really help me feel close to my ancestors and close to the people that I know are watching over me. So you can find home in a lot of different ways, but I think it's definitely a challenge when you're actually not in your home. I asked Marnie if she feels her native culture is lost, living in an urban area, as well as what she'd like the average non-native to know. Like we do have our culture. We do have these things that make us very strong and very excited and very aware of our past. But at the same time, we're your neighbors. You know, we're going out for that milkshake and hot dog, just like everyone else's. We're cheering on the Cubs, just like everyone else's. Uh, we you know, are still part of this community too. And I feel like sometimes people want me to be, you know, the, the native, like, tell me about all things native. And I'm like, listen, I am one person. <laughs> like, and, you know, in reality, you know, I, I like all the same things that, you know, just as much as my neighbor does. And in, and in some ways, because this is where I live, I probably have more things in common with, you know, my neighbor, regardless of who they are, regardless of, you know, their age, their ethnicity, their background, than I may with even some people from my tribe, just because this is where I am now. I don't think that takes away from what I'm meant here to be. I'm, I know for sure I'm here to help people and organizations become better versions of themselves. And I hope that comes from the native heart of me, but it comes from all parts of me and really happy for that. So if, if people were to walk away with anything about thinking about natives and native culture is that we do have the, the grandfathers and we do have this strong culture and we are proud of it. And I want everyone to love it. I want people to understand it, but we also are just, we're just the people next door too. <laughs> if non-natives in Illinois have learned anything from the passing of these bills, is that this is just the start of undoing centuries of laws and practices that have taken away the autonomy and voices of Native people. Well, I think if there is a way for non-Native people to help Native people, it would be to make sure we are at the table for decision-making. The fact that we had to write a bill to make sure that someone can wear the regalia is honestly a little absurd. <laughs> but that's because not everyone has the education level that they need. Like they don't know that, hey, this is something super sacred and super important to our culture. So then it, it just gets overlooked. And that happens all the time. It's death by a thousand paper cuts. 
It's just these little cut downs. You know, everyone loves us this month because it's it's the month. It's the month to love the natives. But there are things every day that are important to native culture that we don't get invited to the table. And there's, it's like anything else when you are the underrepresented culture is you don't even know what tables are supposed to be at because I don't even know that. I, I don't even know the, the secret door to the secret door to the secret door. I just know this door. So I guess just making sure that we keep having these conversations because our existence is our resistance, but I want it to be more than that. I want to thrive. Our people are made to thrive. And I don't think that the community outside of ours always understands that. And honestly, I don't think our internal community always walks away with their chest up. This is not the world that we're meant to thrive in, to be honest, you know, but reservation life also has obviously its own set of challenges that make it very hard to thrive there in other ways. So it's a little bit of a catch 22 to be a native in an urban environment because it's, you're, you're always going to be of two worlds. Thank you for listening to this episode of Looped in Chicago. This episode is hosted and produced by me, Ariel Ravenet, edited by Jim Hankey, Cooper Mall, and myself. Craig Schwalb is our station's news director. Myron Kaplan is managing producer of national news podcasts. To see photos and videos of the Black Hawk Performance Company, check out our Instagram at WBBM Podcasts or at WBBM News Radio. We'll get you looped in back here in two weeks. See you then. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend it here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.